This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, what is going on, guys? This is the Xbox Two podcast live on a Friday day after Thanksgiving. Hopefully, everybody listening who celebrates Thanksgiving had an incredible holiday and are enjoying those leftovers because I know I will be later. And uh, yeah, well, what's going on, guys? I'm Randall Thor 19. And with me, as always, we have Jez Corden from Windows Central. How was your Thanksgiving, Jez? Oh, wait, you don't celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't because I am British. Why is Thanksgiving? You know, I don't even get what it is. You give like, thanks, you give and have turkey. I remember being in school and seeing like artistic renditions of like the pilgrims having feasts with the Native Americans. You know what I mean? Mm. Which, considering what we ended up doing to the Native Americans, kind of makes it uh, weird. But uh, I mean, yeah, I that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I get it. I mean, okay. So basically, it says I just wikied it because I wasn't really sure. It says, it begins as a day of giving thanks for the blessing of the harvest and of the preceding year. So I guess that's, that's what it is, you know? Um, <laughs> mostly it's about eating tons of food with family and then shopping right afterwards to get the best deals in electronics. <laughs> that's so American. That is. That e- is. Eating loads of food and then shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, that's basically what it comes down to, right? I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thing. I like food. And I like shopping. Did you buy anything in the Black Friday stuff? Before we get into it? What about the Black Friday stuff? Did you buy anything? Any, any cool I bought deal? one thing. So here's the thing. I don't necessarily partake in Black Friday. Because um, I don't want to go out in the cold here in Chicago. Uh, it's quite cold. And I don't want to go out at midnight. And there's really there really hasn't been anything... Where it's like I need this and it's four hundred dollars off. So let me let me brave the cold and the crowd to get it right. <laughs> so no, most of the time I've never gone out for Black Friday because I just don't want to do that. But I did buy something. Uh, I bought Astrobot for the PSVR. Amazon had a digital code on sale for nineteen ninety nine, and it's a game I've wanted to play for some time. So I bought that, and I guess you could say. Part of the Black Friday deal on Xbox, since they have that uh, sale going on as well, I bought Mortal Kombat XL for five bucks. Even though I played the crap out of Mortal Kombat, I have a thousand gamer score in it. And originally, when it came out, I didn't do any of the DLC characters. I was like, you know what? For five dollars, I can add it to my collection. Maybe I'll play it one day. You know what I mean? What does XL give you? XL gives you the entire game and everything they release for it. So all the DLC characters, all the like, so the like a game of the year edition. Yeah, pretty much. But it was five bucks. So it was like, it's a no brainer. It was like, you know, I'll play this at some point in time, but I like having it. Um, but yeah, so that was my black Friday. I mean, I basically slept uh, while other people were out shopping. I mean, this is the thing. I don't really need any games. 
I have all of them, you know, the ones I want on PlayStation, the ones I want on Xbox. So I wasn't looking for any gaming deals. I own all three systems. So I wasn't looking to get like a 199 PlayStation or anything like that, like that Spider-Man deal. I have a brand new PC, which I just bought last year. Um, the only thing I was, I'm kind of considering is a, is a newer television. Cause I have a 4k television I bought in 2016. It doesn't do like real HDR. So I kind of want to upgrade that, but I don't have the space right now. Cause I want, cause I have a 42 inch 4k TV. I want to go up to 50 or 60 inch, but I just don't have like the entertainment uh, center set up for it. So I kind of got to wait on that. First world problems, mate. I know, right? So, what did you get? What did, I, I, you know? What I know what you got because you caused quite a stir on social media when you posted a picture of your Black Friday uh, pickup. I did. I bought a PlayStation. You bought a Pro. PlayStation Pro. after all the talk about how you would never get a PlayStation. Jez Corbin went that. out. Well, okay, sure, but all the talk of how you don't have any space. Uh, you know, you know what I've, you know what I've sacrificed to get the PlayStation. What'd you sacrifice? My second monitor. Oh no, not the second monitor. I'm gonna sacrifice my second monitor and put the PlayStation where my second monitor is right now. That's how I've made space for it. But I, I, I saw a good deal. There was like, I don't know, I got about hundred euros off or something. Which is a pretty good deal, and I also forgot that I had an unused Amazon voucher, and I felt like that was divine providence or something. I just thought, screw it, man. God of War, Last of Us, here I come, and all the rest of it. Persona, oh yeah. I mean, you're gonna have like if you're like me, and you haven't really played a PlayStation game this gen or last gen, you got some bangers to play. I know people out there hate that term, bangers. That's why I'm saying it. Bangers. That one's for you, native. Um, <laughs> dude, I know Un- Uncharted 1 doesn't hold up very well. But if you want to experience like the whole story, obviously you got to play it. But Uncharted I play, 2... I played Uncharted 1. And, oh, okay. Um, I know full well it doesn't hold up. Yeah, so Uncharted have... 4 is pretty good. Last of Us is incredible. God of War is incredible. Um, Spider-Man is really, really good. Um, I really yeah, like the story. with... The bundle came with Spider-Man, but I think yeah. I might sell that because mm. physical, physical discs in 2018. Yeah, physical discs. Yeah, I, I think Spider-Man's worth playing. But yeah, there's a there's a ton. What, what about VR? Are you gonna are you gonna get PSVR? Check some yeah. of that stuff out. Nah, mm. not interested. I've got a I've got a, I've got a VR a PC VR headset. I don't like VR. I, I think it's I think it's years away from being convenient. My VR headset just sits in a drawer gathering dust. You know, I got all those Steam VR games, a lot of the good ones. It was fun, but it's just so uncomfortable, so inconvenient, all the cables. And again, whole space issue, man. That is true. I, I, I do wish PSVR was had less of clutter, right? Um, the breaker box, all the cables running to and from it. Yeah, uh, I mean, how heavy kind of does feel, at least on my head. Like, I really want it to be wireless. Uh, you know, like, I think that experience can be made a lot better in the future. Yeah. I was, um, 
I mean, just as an example, uh, Arizona Sunshine. I don't know if that's on PSVR, but Arizona Sunshine is like widely regarded as one of the better VR games. In um, you move around with using the joystick, and you can sort of teleport around. So like, and it's uh when you play it like that, it kind of plays like an on-rail shooter almost. But you can move around, obviously, because of the the teleporting. But and that's fine because um, you don't have to you don't have to physically turn around because you can spin your character around with the joystick. But like in Doom VR, where you have to actually physically move around in order to aim. It's a nightmare because you just get tangled up in the cables. You know, yeah. the cables end up getting wrapped around your legs. It's like, who thought this was a good idea? It's just, it's just not good, man. It's just a terrible experience. What, I, so. what, have I, what I've come to know about VR is that people don't like hearing about it, which is why we're going to move away from this subject. Anytime VR is brought <laughs> up in any sort of podcast or video, nobody cares, right? Because it's something you got to experience for yourself. So I do have to ask, though, you got a PS4 Pro. Yeah, and you got Spider Man. Yeah, what is the first PlayStation game you're going to check out? What is, do you have anyone in mind? God of War, God uh, of War, Last of Us, God of War. I, I don't know actually. I'm torn between God of War and Last of Us. I'll probably do a coin toss. You should make a poll on Twitter. Put a poll on yeah, Twitter. I'll do, I'll do a poll. Yeah, I'll do a poll and be like God of War or Last of Us because they're both incredible games. So and, and there's God of War. Obviously, take has a lot of uh takes a lot of influence from last of us clearly i mean you'll you'll see it when you play both you'll be like huh i can definitely Maybe I'll play last of us first then in that case yeah plus last of us uh i mean it's a game from 2013 the sequel's coming maybe you play it right before the sequel i don't know that'd be better but uh that's kind of talks out of the way so i want to welcome everybody to the show i see we have like 203 here already thank you for joining on a friday episode hope everybody's thanksgiving was well you could do me and Jez a favor, hit that like button as you're entering the podcast because it helps out. Because YouTube is very weird when it comes to sending out notifications for videos and podcasts. Sometimes they do when they feel like it, and sometimes they don't. But I've noticed that, you know, more likes the video gets or dislikes, the better chance of uh, the video reaching out on subscribers. So we'd appreciate if you do that. And we appreciate everybody listening on um iTunes and Google Play. I think you fixed the issue that some people had last time, right? With it repeating twice for a podcast or whatever. Oh yeah, um, we uh, we signed up with a, an ad provider, but the ad provider injected the, the podcast twice in addition to the ad. So I just removed the ad provider. Screw it. Yeah, that's right. Screw it. Screw it. Yellow. So what are we talking about on this episode? Well, um, we're going to talk about. Well, Jez is really, really looking forward to talking about Fallout 76 and the hate surrounding it. And if people are just dogpiling <laughs> on the game because of a, you know, they see everybody doing it because, as Jez said, he loves the game. Yeah, that's what he told me. He loves Fallout 76. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, probably in the what we've been playing section. Um, also, there's a Disless Xbox One coming out pretty soon supposedly next year and uh supposedly is the keyword supposedly rumor rumor and speculation so we'll talk a little bit about that i think it's like a no-brainer and it's really just about time but we'll, we'll talk more about that 
There's a rumor coming to us from Cloberal on Reset Era about maybe Microsoft might be considering a new studio for acquisition. I don't know if you saw this one, Jez. I didn't. I didn't make a video about it because... Um, not because I don't trust Cloberl, because I absolutely do. I just didn't really want to make a video just based on consideration, because that could mean anything. I'm sure Microsoft is considering buy buy buying EA and Valve at one point. You know what I mean? Just because you're considering doing something doesn't mean you actually, you know, walk yeah. the walk to actually do it. And then of course, PlayStation skipping E3 2019, which shocked everybody. Me and Jazz haven't talked about it yet. Uh, we'll talk everything surrounding that. And since this is an Xbox, well, this is a show whatever we want it to be. It's called Xbox 2 because that's what Stick Figure, uh, you know, kind of named it. And then we took it. So even though it's called the Xbox 2 and we primarily talk about Xbox on the show, we talk about whatever the hell we want on the show. But we're going to talk about the Sony thing and we're going to like kind of uh, tie it into what Microsoft can do to make the best out of the situation or kind of capitalize on it all. So with that said, let's move on to games we played and no world of Warcraft for you, Jez. Um, no, no, world I of can Warcraft. tell, I can tell you're going to talk. We're going to talk about Fallout 76. So I'll let you go last. I'll, I'll, we're going to talk <laughs> about battlefield five. Cause me and you both played it. Right. Sure. Battlefield five. How do you feel about it? Uh, I've played, probably 15 hours of the multiplayer. I think it's, I think the multiplayer is a ton of fun. Uh, I, I kind of like it better than battlefield ones, even though I'm not really a fan of the, I'm not a fan of the menus. They need to like always sucking, but menus are horrible. I don't know why they do that. The menus suck, right? I'm not a fan of the way the unlocks work in the game. There's not a lot of weapons to choose from. Some of the maps are really good. Some of them aren't. And the single player is absolutely terrible, but it is fun. But I can't help but think that EA just didn't do this game any favors at all. From, you know, the missing features to the whole backlash to when it launched and stuff. What do you, what do you think about Battlefield 5, Jez? Yeah, I think Battlefield 5 is embattled. That's a good way of putting it. Um, I'm like you, man. I, I played the campaign War Stories. I hated it. I, I don't even know why they bother at this point. I thought the Norwegian campaign was the strongest, strongest yeah. one. Yep. It was like it would have been better if um, if they just fleshed that out into a real campaign and not just like a sort of almost like a vignette. I don't know what they were thinking, man, when they thought that would be a good idea to just have these Dude, tiny little stories. The thing that... is, the prologue's so good, though, isn't it? That little ten-minute prologue with the with the voiceover and how you're like, uh, you're driving a tank and you're flying an airplane, and it gives you these little snippets, and you're like, man, this is really going to be something. But then the game starts, and you don't drive a tank, you don't fly a plane, which is weird for a battlefield game, wouldn't you agree? In the single player. Well, well, this is the thing. You see, I think. Their plan is to add more episodes for free as time goes by. So, like, maybe there will be a plane flying one, and this was all sort of like a hint at things to come. But the thing is, you don't want a hint at things to come when you're paying sixty dollars up front. You know, it just it just ends up fit like this. EA hasn't really proven itself to be a good serve a game as a service company, in my opinion. Um, 
like when when you paid for bat I, I always buy Battlefield Premium before. They've done they've done away with that now. There's no more Battlefield Premium. I always felt Battlefield Premium was one of the few season passes that actually delivered on its value. Now Battlefront 2 didn't have a season pass and the post launch content for Battlefront 2 has been pretty dire. Only just had um General Grievous added after a year of waiting. Now they're adding Obi-Wan um, in December, I think, off the top of my head. And and a new map, finally. But it's taken a whole year to get there, you know? So, like, I feel like they haven't really proven themselves to be good a good service-type company yet. Um, which is also, like, why I'm not optimistic that future war stories are going to be good. And I'm not optimistic that they're going to add as many maps as you get when you pay for Battlefield Premium, so... At least the player base won't be split. Um, but, you know, it's just trade-offs. Um, but yeah, the multiplayer is great. Uh, like, I think... I mean, I'm kind of tired of that setting, the European World War setting. But the the systems are great. The destruction, the destruction is definitely ramped up uh, from Battlefield 1. Like, you can destroy... Like you can destroy the you know huge buildings in Rotterdam and collapse the debris on people and kill them, which is always hilarious to do. But it, but it doesn't feel like any really step ups from Battlefield Bad Company that was did yeah, it yeah, yeah. In last so, generation. That's the thing. It's like it's not like we haven't seen this before in, in Battlefield Bad Company and uh, you know on other Battlefield games. I think Battlefield Battlefield. I think it was three or four had like pretty good environmental destruction uh, when it came to like uh, huge, the bigger buildings. But um, yeah, it just, it just feels like it's like you said, I don't think they gave it the best chance it could have, could have had. It feels like, it feels like since Battlefront, EA has been sort of reeling and sort of not being, I don't know, firing on all cylinders almost. Like yeah. It's not. It's not a bad game, but it's just like it's not. It's not not exciting or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's it, kind of it, like it's a good game. I mean, it also bad. it's like missed opportunities. You have this super hot genre in battle royale, right? That clearly helped Call of Duty Blackout or Call of Duty Black Ops Four, rather. Yeah. You have Fortnite, biggest game in the world. PUBG, even though uh, PUBG is taking a hit. I mean, you still look there. It's still like one of the most played games on Steam every single day. It's still highly up there in Twitch viewership. And they don't launch with it. They don't launch with that mode. And they're like, it's coming later. And I, I just I just kind of question. Like no one's like, going to care. Right. Like in March when it's supposed to come out, are people spo- are going to give a shit? You know, and... and I, I just look at all the different uh, scenarios surrounding that, and it just comes down to like I don't know poor management decisions. Like, because you do this campaign, and you have Black Ops Four not doing one, and you you have people like me and Jazz saying like they shouldn't even have bothered doing a campaign. Like they should have just it should just be multiplayer only. It's like half a game, and it's like they didn't even bother to try. So like when I say in my review for you know the campaign. That hey, it it would be better for Battlefield not to have a campaign than this campaign. That that's bad, like that's that's horrible. When you play something, you're like, you know, this would be best if it didn't exist. Yeah. And that's kind of what I felt with the campaign. It just seems like everything, every decision they made, 
surrounding Battlefield 5 was a bad one. And which is a shame because the multiplayer is actually really fun to play. Yeah. The time to and, kill is, is so much better. You know, I, I always felt like one of the, one of the weirder things about Battlefield and, you know, I, I am, I am a guy who prefers Battlefield to other multiplayer shooters. Um, Battlefield's always been my go-to game since, uh, Bad Company 2. I think it was when I completely ditched Call of Duty and just, you know, focused on Battlefield. But like the time to kill, like is so much better now. It feels, it feels a bit more like hardcore is as standard almost. I always felt like players were a bit bullet spongy in Battlefield compared to COD. And I think they've found a good compromise now where you still, you still don't get evaporated like you do in COD and you can still heal people and stuff, but it no longer feels like people are bullet sponges, which is, um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And shout out to Lumi for the super chat. Thanks for the support brother. Really appreciate it. So, um, anything more you want to talk about battlefield five? Um, Nah, not really. I do have like a side thing that kind of deals with battle Battlefield Five, and it'll get into Fallout seventy six, right? And it's something I've noticed, and it has to do with Microsoft's marketing partners. Do you think? Do you know where I'm going to go with this, Jez? All their games uh, are controversial. <laughs> not controversial. It's like micro. All right, so Sony partnered up with. Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which was clearly a good choice. I don't know if you saw the MPDs. Uh, it's like uh, the yeah. best-selling, you know, start for a game ever. And you know, they're saying the the removal of the campaign had no impact at all, right? So it's number one. They Shit. obviously partnered with Red Dead Redemption 2, the the biggest game of the year, um, which left Microsoft with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which underperformed. Uh, Sony had Spider-Man, their own game, which clearly, I wouldn't even say overperformed. It's like selling gangbusters. And then Microsoft had Battlefield 5 to counter Call of Duty, and was supposed to come out at the same time to have those com- kind of competing ads. And that game got delayed a month. And now Microsoft also has a deal with Fallout 76 at the same time as Battlefield 5. Both those games have these controversies as Jez would say <laughs> right controversy so the partner with shadow the tomb raider but nobody really cares it kind of falls off a cliff after the first week nobody even talks about it anymore then you have battlefield 5 which was embroiled in the social justice warrior stuff and they had to delay the game they're not doing battle royale and then you have fallout 76 and What's going on with that? With people hating the game, and I just can't help but feel it's like are Microsoft making some wrong partnership choices when it comes to games that they're that they're obviously you know shacking up with? I, I can't help but they're just like maybe it's because Sony just like they got the pick of the litter. They're number one, but I don't know. It's 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 funny though because like on paper, you'd think like a multiplayer Fallout would be a surefire hit, right? On paper. It's the problem with Fallout isn't the systems as much as it is that it's broken. <laughs> as someone who, you know, I'm playing it right now as we podcast, to be honest. And as someone, I've, I've put like 30 hours into it so far, and I've been playing mostly solo and enjoying it. You can't, like, even the, the biggest Bethesda fanboy cannot defend this game for its quality, 
it is so broken. <laughs> it is aggressively, aggressively broken. It's imp- it's impressively broken. I think Bethesda themselves put it best when they said in that in that sappy letter, apologetically, there will be spectacular bugs in the beta. Well, guess what? There are spectacular bugs in retail too, and it's <laughs> it's shocking, man. I've, I'm like every time I see a bug, I've been like taking um a clip on uh, Xbox Xbox Live because I'm probably gonna make like a. A video that collects them all. There are so many, man. I got, I got so many. My, 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 my uh, cloud storage is almost full of bugs in this game, and it's because the engine just wasn't made for multiplayer. And that they're, they're they're rendering all this stuff in the cloud and stuff, and it's just not designed for that. Like you can see the the physics breaking in real time when they're trying to download to your computer. And like when there's like it's it's it runs best when there's no other players around, <laughs> and you're in you're in a, you're in a place where you're by yourself. There's no other players around to create lag or anything like that, which ain't what you want in a multiplayer game, is it? You know, I mean, no, not at all. You definitely don't want that. But <clears throat> do you? Th- I mean, is it? I would imagine. You, so the the response to the whole marketing question is probably just coincidence, right? They you want to partner with Battlefield because Battlefield's a huge franchise. I'm Fallout too. It's it's a massive Fallout, franchise. Yeah. It's just that it just feels like crap happens, luck. right? Crap happens. Yeah. So I don't really think like because people are like, oh, Devil May Cry Five, right? Because that looks like it has a partnership with Xbox, but it has microtransactions like. Uh, Metro is that gonna, because I see people questioning it now, like the games that Microsoft has deals with suddenly are like, oh man, well, because you know, their previous ones, like this one's not going to be good. And I'm just like, I don't think, you know, that's the case. You know, the partnership deals are more for like advertisements on yeah, television. I mean, it's it's and completely stuff like that. unfair. I mean, Microsoft put a lot of effort into marketing Fallout 76. It's not like they, you can't just assume that a game's going to be broken. When you set up these deals, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, Bethesda's notorious for its bugs, right? And, qu- and quirks. Yes, very. <laughs> Fallout Fallout Four wasn't broken. It was just sort of like, yeah, these these are the creation engine bugs from all the complexity that that just exists in these sort of games where there's just literally thousands of dynamic objects, you know, things break, you know, and now they've put all that into the internet. And now it's even more, it's more broken than ever. And, um, you know, Microsoft couldn't have known that would, that would be a fail. I don't know. It's, it's weird to assume. It's weird to think that Microsoft could have known how broken it was when they set up those marketing deals. Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, it, it, it just kind of reminds me of last year, last year when Microsoft had like the Xbox one X and wanted to market, some of the games, but they couldn't because Sony wisely had some of those games. Oh, you mean like Destiny? Yeah, and like even like Red Dead this year. Like, oh man, you know how much you know Microsoft could have marketed yeah. like that, but they couldn't. So smart couldn't on Sony. Say, they couldn't say that Red Dead was 4K on the X. So what they did was they had Eurogamer say it for them, which was smart. True. Yeah. So let's transition to fallout 76 itself the hate the hate that surrounds fallout 76 is something 
really, truly like it's something special to behold, right? I haven't seen this much outrage and hate and despair uh, from gamer. Maybe not despair is a good word, but people honestly despair is hate. a good word. I think <laughs> they hate Fallout seventy six, Jazz. And I, saw, I, had a, I saw a video from a, a prominent YouTuber that said that was literally despairing that he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't like even old bethesda games anymore because he was so upset about this game right i had a discussion last night with my buddy who is 70 hours into fallout 76 and loves it and he is just in utter defense mode anytime we talk about any of the issues about fallout 76 like he is ready to come to the <laughs> fence over the game and we're just like stop it like we're happy you like the game. Like I'm happy you enjoy Fallout 76, you know, like but like that shouldn't cuz he feels the whole thing is just orchestrated. It's orchestrated by the media and YouTubers <laughs> that that like that are looking for clicks and everybody piles onto it, you know, with the hate. And nobody nobody really truly hates the game. It's just, you know, like Kotaku and and YouTubers riding the train, which I will say uh, negativity does get more play and more clicks for stuff on websites and especially here on YouTube. Uh, positivity, not so much. Uh, but I don't know. And I don't have an opinion on on Fallout 76. I haven't played it. I don't want to play it. I'm not interested in it. I'm just looking at everything I see. I see Bethesda being heralded last year with their save player one campaign. You remember that jazz? Yes. I save player one. People were like, but is one of the few publishers willing to do single player without any microtransactions or any multi force multiplayer. And people were loving them. They put out Wolfenstein two. They put out evil within two, you know, they dishonored to all these games. They were heralded by gamers, even though Fallout and Skyrim are buggy. People still love them. Right. And then in a short period of time, one year later, they are almost as despised as EA. This is definitely this year's Battlefront. Definitely, for sure. And for a completely different reason. It's it is weird. And that and I, I agree with your friend that there is an element of media bandwagoning here. Because I've seen like I've I've gone out and seen like reviews that criticized Fallout for things that they didn't criticize Conan Exiles for, that they didn't criticize No Man's Sky for, which are, you know, similar online persistent world games. I think Fallout 76, even with the bugs, is better than those games. Um, there's more to do. There's more to explore. The world's better realized. There's tons of stuff to find. Environmental narrative like Prey, which I really like. You know, you j it's like any Fallout game where you you're traveling through a settlement and you can find like all these sorts of little narrative nods all over the place and, and stuff like that. I like that. It's immersive when I play. The problems with Fallout is that it's broken. Like I said earlier, the the engine just wasn't designed. Not only wasn't it it was not designed for multiplayer. It was not designed to be played online. So like even though it still has all those objects and all, all those things to collect and all those things to find, it creates, it feels like, and I'm no server engineer, but it feels like it creates this sort of 
stacking lag that gets worse and worse and worse and worse the more people are in an area that it just becomes unplayable. On I was playing all last week on the Xbox One S and I'm enjoying it a lot more now I'm on the X because um it just you know it looks better, the draw distance is better, level of details better, texture compression is better, all that all that sort of stuff is much better on the X. But it doesn't matter when it's all a lot of it's bound to the server. And um you still end up in these situations where everything just breaks, you know, and you get like ghouls zipping across the screen, lagging out. You get like all this, this weird te- uh, graphical anomalies. Like I was literally, as we were podcasting, I was walking past the power plant, which had smoke and the smoke was sort of zapping around across my whole screen. Like, like a, like a fractal anomaly bug. You know, um, there's all sorts of bugs and quirks and issues like that. And it has improved since they did they did an update, a full client update last week, which is 50 gig download. So rip people's data caps there. I know, right? Jeez. And then um, they did server upgrades on Monday or was it? Well, they did server upgrades this week. I can't remember the exact day. They did server upgrades and that seems to have improved things a lot too. And they'll do more server upgrades and stuff like that. But you have to ask, why are they doing this after they launched the game? Why didn't they do this in their high-profile beta, which had its own brand? <laughs> why didn't they do this months ago? Why didn't they delay this game if it wasn't going to be ready? You know, that's that's where the greed comes in. It's like, you know, where they should have identified that this game need to, needed to be delayed. Like Battle, Battlefield battlefield got a slight delay and there's nothing wrong with that because even battlefield is kind of buggy compared to some uh, previous battlefields i find battling battlefield 5 there's this this issue where some of the the gun scopes are misaligned i've been yeah. like testing it and some of the textures it. when you first load like they look oh, yeah. ugly yeah, yeah level yeah. of detail gets stuck and... well jazz i mean like is is your point about the fallout beta that was more a marketing demo they they that's, presented. That's what I mean. They shouldn't do that. Right, I know. And and people like even my buddy was like, it was a beta. I'm like, no, it wasn't a beta. It was a marketing demo because they tied it to pre-orders. Pre-order now and get early act, you know, like so yeah, no, yeah. I guess you could say up. they're testing their servers, but first and foremost, it was tied to pre-orders. It was a demo. And here's the thing, because that I, that I really do think happened. I think people were fine with the idea of an online Fallout 76. Like the reaction coming out from E3 was well, was the, was fine, but this is the response this is a response to the kind of mods people have been making. There are multiplayer mods for Fallout 4 and they're very popular. So like the logical conclusion is let's make a multiplayer Fallout, you know. Right, but what I'm saying is the hate for Fallout didn't actually start Unlike Battlefield 5, when the hate for Battlefield 5 started, as soon as they revealed the game with the women, like the hate for that game was the whole social justice warrior aspect and what the what the CEOs and executives were saying about their consumers. It had nothing to do with the game itself because nobody had played it yet, right? Mm. Fallout 76, people were fine with the reveal because Todd Howard can sell anything to anybody, right? The problem was when the beta started and people got their hands on it and people were watching it being streamed, it 
just didn't live up to their expectations. And that's when people turned against the game is that I actually played it and they didn't like it. And I don't care if you want to call it a stress test server. When you're playing a product and you're like, you know what? This isn't worth my $60. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, you have some some issues there. Now, you say, you told me earlier it's number one on the Xbox UK software chart. Yeah. Um, but I also can't help to, help the fact that Amazon has it on sale for 35 bucks right now. It's, oh, it's yeah, no, $40. Xbox has it on sale too. Xbox has And look, and some people will say, well, that's Black Friday. But like, uh, it literally came out a week ago. I don't, Battlefield 5's not on sale yet. You know, Sea of Thieves didn't go on sale that quick. I mean, like, yeah, Red Dead, I think two of the editions are on sale, but not the base one. Call of Duty's on sale because the game came out in early October. Same thing with Tomb Raider. But I can't help but think that the sales for Fallout 76 are not what Bethesda wanted. And I can't imagine them thinking that they ha- would have to drop price in a week. I, I think they're just using, you know, the, the cover of uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday as like we can we can just say oh it's a black friday deal but i honestly think this game is not going to sell well we already saw some reports from the uk uh even though it doesn't include digital which would be a big factor in this saying that it, it's like 80 percent down on fallout 4 uh, that that's just a silly silly figure to reference because a uk uk physical retail is dead across the board True. no, I no one goes out and buys clothes no one goes out and buys food everything's online now in the uk because no one wants to go outside so I mean, like I was, li- I was literally reading an article about UK retail today, where it, it was comparing like Black Friday scenes in America to Black Friday scenes in the UK, and there was literally just nobody, nobody outside shopping. They were all doing it on Amazon. Um, all, all I'm saying is we don't have any data points for. Yeah, we don't uh, know. The ones we, we have are good. on sale a week later. That's not a good sign. No, it no. isn't. It isn't. I'm not. I'm not. I ain't deluded into thinking like this game is for everyone, but my my defense of it, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying it's a good game. My defense of Fallout 76 stems from a, I knew what to expect because I do play games like Conan Exiles, and I play, I, I got about 70 hours in Conan Exiles. I rented a server for a long time, and uh, really enjoyed that game. You know, I, even Minecraft, you know, I like playing Minecraft. I like building things. I like surviving, blah, blah, blah. I knew what to expect going in. I knew it wasn't going to be narrative heavy, which I feel like some people didn't. I knew it wasn't going to be like have the branching narratives and have all the story stuff. They said right from the outset there wasn't going to be any NPCs in the game and, and all that sort of stuff. And I knew it was going to be very sort of Fallout 4 light. but the things that I do enjoy about Fallout, like stealthing around, leveling up, scavenging, building, getting um, upgrades, you know, all the environmental narrative, like holotapes and notes and exploring the world. And the world is absolutely massive. You know, there's tons of stuff to find and there's daily quests and there's events like Destiny and players all come together and kill a giant monster and stuff like that. It's fun, you know, when it works. And I, that, I had low expectations, so maybe that's part of it. And I think people who expected this to be like, I don't know, the next big multiplayer game, like where they just nailed everything, 
I mean, I never expected that personally. There's so many things in Fallout 76 that don't work. Like, like for example, there's a there's a meme right about Skyrim and Fallout 3 and 4 and New Vegas, where like you're you're always over encumbered and man- managing your inventory. Yeah, right? and I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> that that is amplified by a thousand in 76 because a your inventory space is limited even more because the server doesn't want to track that much data as bethesda said so like not only is your personal stash very limited your your own inventory is pretty limited too unless you spec into strength which i haven't um so and part of that's my fault for not specking into strength but the thing is I have to like stop every few minutes to manage my inventory, which is annoying. Now imagine if I'm playing with four friends and there's four of us stopping to manage our inventory every five minutes. It's just, it's just dumb, you know? And like, that's one aspect of the game, which doesn't work in multiplayer. Um, but also the vats, the vats feel like in, um, for those who don't know, in Fallout 4, you can sort of, you can sort of pause time or slow it down and then target limbs, and then you get this slow-motion cinematic kill. The VATs in Fallout 76 obviously can't do that because the server's in real time because it's a multiplayer game. So the compromise is that they sort of work like Fallout, um, like Soldier, um, like, you know, I can't, what is his name? Soldier 76? Soldier 76? Who, who are you talking about? Oh my god, his name's Soldier 76. Who is? In Overwatch. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I was really confused then because I was like, "Am I just thinking his name's Soldier Seventy Six because of Fallout Seventy Six? Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, but no, it's yeah, he's, he's there. Okay, so Soldier Seventy Six, who's very aptly named, he, like his ultimate in Overwatch lets him auto aim, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly how that's working in uh, Fallout Seventy Six. So like, it's it's far less satisfying than Vats in the main Fallout games. And also, because the server, everything's bound to the server, there's less gore. There's no limbs falling off and stuff like that, or at least to a a decreased amount, because it doesn't want to, because everything in the area is budgeted. Like, there's, there's only allowed to be so many items in a particular area. So, like, if you're blowing the limbs off enemies and stuff like that, it just adds to the item budget of the area and, and creates lag. And right now I'm walking through Charleston, which is a very populated area full of houses, buildings, and all of them have like non-instanced interiors. So like you can literally just open the door and walk in without a loading screen, which I think adds even more lag. And like even on the X right now, I'm down I'm down to about twelve frames per second right now. Strong through this area. Ugh. Yeah, it's 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 bad. It is not good, man. And like, and that, and that's just the game. I, th- I feel like that's just the game. Like, loading in all the objects as I'm w- slowly walking around. Like, no, oh no. Okay, so there's two players here now, and they are, they are that simply them being here is creating lag for me. That sucks. Frame rate lag. Yeah. So, so Jez, there, there was a comparison I made in a video yesterday. That I can't help. I wanted to get your more of your take on this, but for whatever reason, Fallout seventy six 
reminds me a lot of Sea of Thieves. You know what I mean? Yeah. In like but... the reception that it got from critics and a lot of players. Like critics hate Fallout 76. You can look at the user score, they hate it, right? But there seems to be a small, very small minority that love uh, Fallout 76. And I look at Sea of Thieves, another game from a AAA publisher, a AAA game, just like Fallout. Even though, like, you could say Fallout has more content and all that stuff, or Sea of Thieves didn't, you know, and Sea of Thieves didn't have a lot of bugs, but man, like, were publishers harsh on that game? Or not publishers, reviewers were harsh on that game. So, exactly. That's right? that's the thing. That's the thing that I don't get is like, I feel like reviewers have been harsher on on Fallout 76 than they were on Sea of Thieves. So that, I, look, I think some fair. I look at like the Metacritic for both, and Sea of Thieves is like a sixty-eight, and Fallout's like a fifty. See that like, that just doesn't make sense to me. There's so much more rich content and features and systems in Fallout seventy-six than Sea of Thieves. Now, I'm not bashing Sea of Thieves because it's sort of like it's a bit of a different kind of game, and I kind of get what Rare is going for. But in terms of content density, value for money, I, I can't I can't compute that Fallout seventy six is scoring lower than Sea of Thieves personally. I mean yeah. you could you could argue that maybe I just the bugs and stuff don't bother me as much as other people, maybe. Um and it is it's so buggy. It's so so broken. Like every time I log on you encounter some small annoyance every two two minutes, I would say, <laughs> which ain't good. No, you know, I mean, literally, not. just just now, as I said that, I, I my client froze up when I was trying to access a crafting table, you know, because because there's two guys uh, in the building next to me making my game lag simply by being there. You know what's going to happen, right? Is that everybody who hates Fallout we'll stop talking about it because they've moved on. And yeah. what will eventually happen is months down the road, a community that likes the game will spring and, and grow. Right. Just like what happened with sea of thieves, like yeah. everybody who hated sea of thieves, stopped playing it. And now there is a dedicated, but you know, small group of people that love what they're doing with sea of thieves. The same thing is going to happen. People are going to move away from you know fallout and they'll target the next game whether it's going to be anthem or division or who knows who knows where the outrage machine moves to next right well this is this is the thing about fallout like i don't think i haven't got much faith in the future of sea of thieves personally and i was like i was really excited for that game i love pirates i love the i love the ocean combat is so impressive in sea of thieves and I always felt like there was this huge amount of potential and I was kind of married to the potential in Sea of Thieves more than the execution, I think. But like, that's different in Fallout 76. The execution is mostly there. Um, the problem is, uh, well, this, the systems are mostly there. The, the problem is, is like the execution of the technology of their servers and stuff, like getting their engine working efficiently in the cloud just seems like something they haven't really addressed in a credible way yet. And I'm more confident that they can solve Fallout and make it work than Sea of Thieves can transform into a game that I will personally enjoy. 
because you know I, things about Sea of Thieves, like I don't like the focus on cosmetics. I find cosmetic, I find cosmetic loot to be fun as a side thing, but not as the main thing. So like when I get when I get an upgrade weapon in Fallout seventy six, it's way more compelling than just getting a weapon skin. Um, I also prefer Fallout to Destiny two because the environment is so much more interesting and rich and full of things to find. And it isn't just like a sort of empty place to grind mobs, huh. you know? Right. Um, but it's just broken, man. I think if they, if they, if they do a no man's sky and sort of re-release it a year down the line with a big content update that f- addresses feedback, basically abuse the good faith of those like me who have deluded themselves into enjoying it and use us as beta testers and then re-release it with a big content update in a year. It can find its footing, you know. I, I think it's better than Elder Scrolls Online. You know, I just I just enjoy it. Alright, so last last question and then we're moving on to PlayStation and E3. So this is going to be good. Um, do you think Bethesda has to worry about all the negativity around this game seeping into Starfield or Elder Scrolls Six, considering they've already interesting thing. Yeah, since they said it's going to use the same engine, clearly engine has issues with this game. I don't think it'll affect like Rage Two, some of their other you know games that are from different publishers. But do you feel like that hatred will kind of start seeping into their other products, just like it kind of has with EA and their games? Well, this is this is the thing you see. Like, I noticed, you know, when Bethesda started doing their own little, um, their own little showcase at E3, mm-hmm. they they sort of they started to sort of bill their games under one brand, the Bethesda brand. I kind of felt like they were trying to do a Blizzard, and sort of build up a passionate fan base around their IP as a sort of, you know, as a sort of like ecosystem of content. Now that's a double-edged sword because, in in one sense, it will it will uplift all of your brands and stuff like that together, and you know make everyone become a fan of your company's brand. But on the flip side, if one if you make a fuck up, it fucks everything up, and we've seen that with Diablo Immortal with Blizzard right now. Like you just even like you've seen the the drama from Diablo Immortal. Yep, that's true. Seep into World of Warcraft subreddit, and there's there's like now Kotaku posted rumors that Blizzard are working on a Warcraft themed Pokemon Go. What? I don't know if you saw this. What? Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah. that's gonna go over well. Yeah. So the the World of Warcraft subreddit's upset about that, and uh, also in the same article, Kotaku said that since Mike Morhaim retired from Blizzard, Activision has been taking a more prominent role in decision making. Yeah, that that they're becoming more intertwined, which I don't think gamers really want. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. If if all your brands under one roof, if one game starts screwing up, it affects the other games too. So I think like if Bethesda lets this become a meme, I mean, I've noticed they've been pretty quiet lately. But like, if they let this become a sort of meme, they've sort of they they will hurt their other games, and I feel like Battlefront Two hurt Battlefront Two hurt EA. Yes, uh, clearly, clearly, clearly hurt, hurt them. So, 
All right. I think it could have. I think they might have some issues. I, I think they need to. They need to just build a new engine. That engine is broken and old, and I kind of I, I find it sad that they're still going to use it for next gen. You know, like Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, I don't know. I think they just need. It's not like they don't have the money. Invest, build a new engine, and some of the complaints will be you know will be gone. But Moving on from Fallout 76, E3 2019, Jazz. Did you think we'd be talking about E3 2019 in November? Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? It is incredibly weird. And so I think was it, it was last week um, the news dropped because we did a podcast right after XO on Sunday and we didn't do a podcast the rest of the week. But news dropped that Sony isn't going to be at E3. They're not, they don't, they don't have, they're not doing a conference. They're not, they don't have any show floor space. So they're not going to demo wing anything. They're not running any sort of like outside uh, the show conference like EA does. And kind of like how Microsoft did last year, they were kind of like one foot in uh, to the electron, you know, E3 and one foot out, you know, like uh, they're just completely pulled out. They're like, yeah, we're not going to be there. And wow, was that like a huge talking point? You had people from all sides. Oh man, this is it for Sony. I'm so concerned. Oh man, what could this possibly mean? PlayStation 5, do they have no games? Like everybody had an opinion about exactly what is going on here. And I don't mean you haven't, mean you haven't talked about it at all together. No, we haven't. So I think the first thing it kind of shows is that there's no way the PlayStation 5 is next year, right? There's no way PlayStation 5 is 2019. So you're looking at 2020 at the earliest. Now, the question is, do you think this is more to do with with the irrelevance or the continue, continuing irrelevance of E3? Or is it more to do with Sony not having new games to show because they haven't announced the PlayStation five yet and don't want to put on a show where they run the same things they've ran previously because they, they recently canceled PSX for this year. And the reason they gave was because they said they don't have enough games to bring people together. And if that's the reason why they, they canceled PSX, they didn't do Gamescom, They didn't do Paris games week this year. They canceled PSX. Now they're not showing up to E3 is it just that they don't have anything new that would excite people because they're not ready to show the PlayStation yet and they're just like, screw it, we're just not going to spend the money. We're not going to do a show and have everybody disappointed with it. We'll just run our own show later on. I mean, what do you, what do you think about the whole situation? Well, I think what it shows more than anything is that EA, um, E3 isn't the be-all and end-all now. I mean, with YouTube, with Twitch, they can sort of, they can just sort of bide their time and wait till they're really ready, you know, and put together a good show. They do, they've done it with PSX in the past, you know, and um, I don't think it's fair to say E3 is irrelevant now. I mean, a lot, obviously, um, obviously, E3, the ESA Software Association, they were like pretty defensive about this whole thing and they released a bunch of stats that showed e3 2018 was the biggest ever in terms of engagement i mean you can you can fiddle those figures however you want i guess but 
the the fact of the matter is that E3 is still very big. It's it's covered in mainstream press, whereas you know PSX probably wouldn't be. So, um, you know, there's always BBC correspondence and and you know big news outlets at E3. So it's still it's still a big deal. You know, I'm, I don't think it's irrelevant, but it does show that you can reach gamers wherever they are now. Well, that's and, um, that's so, um, I think like. I mean, I don't know what's what Sony's real reasons are for it. I'm not going to sit here and say they've got no games or anything like that because clearly they do have lots of games in development. And like, uh, who was it? Supermassive Games said they had a bunch of a bunch of games. Right, but I mean, presumably most of those games are for the PlayStation Five. But I think it's well, clear that's the thing. Is there going to be like the PlayStation oh, Five yet? Yeah. So you can't show those games. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends how they want to line up that narrative. It's like, do they want to? Because a lot of these, a lot of these PlayStation Five games, they ain't going to be PlayStation Five exclusive. Presumably, they'll be like across both. You know, you don't just ignore an install base of tens of millions at the gate. Well, yeah, I mean, there's rumors that Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, and Last of Us Part Two will be cross-gen games, which isn't really a surprise. Did you think this means they're they're out of E3 for good? Like, do you think they pull out no. this year and come back for 2020? I'll come back. They're not so? for good. No way. I would, I, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna give give up. Sort of. I'd be really shocked if they quit E3 for good. I feel like they would have said they were quitting quitting E3 for good if they were gonna do. Because like, I guess it depends on when the system's coming out. The PlayStation Five, right? If it's coming out end of 2020 in November, then yeah, you come back to E3 in 2020 and you just blow people away with a good reveal of stuff. Um, but you're right. I don't know. I don't think they said they were completely skipping. I guess we'll find out you know, next year or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, it's weird because every single year you people grade E3, they talk about who won and who lost. Like E3 is this, you know, the Super Bowl of the video game industry. And then like all of a sudden, like it's nothing now. Nobody cares. Right. I, I, I totally I see people going in that direction. Like E3 is all important, and then the next day because Sony pulled out, oh E3 doesn't matter. You know what I mean, right, Jazz? Yeah, I mean it's kind of true though. I mean if 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 you're only really interested in what Sony has to offer, then for you it becomes irrelevant. But like people forget that <laughs> the, the vast majority of traffic generated from e3 is usually based on third party stuff either it's either either it's third party reveals uh xbox and playstation's respective shows or you know their own conferences like bethesda's conference is always really big i mean ea's conference is always kind of big in a sort of cringe gallery sort of way <laughs> oh god i don't think i've ever seen an ea conference that just wasn't cringe at some point but yeah. Nintendo Nintendo often skip it, don't they? Nintendo Nintendo, I mean, yeah, they haven't done a conference. They do like Nintendo Directs. Um, which are just like pre-recorded videos they've released at a certain point. But yeah, they haven't they're still there. Like they still have boot space, you know, for people to play their games. They just don't put on a traditional conference. Uh Sony not even having floor space. Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, that's the whole thing. Is like they're they won't have floor space. It's, they're they're gone, mm. completely gone. So that's why I'm wondering if they'll be back. You know, for 2020. I mean, I think what you said 
in the beginning is right. Like you don't need E3 anymore because of the way social media is now. You can do a show and have it streamed on Twitch, have it streamed on Mixer, have it streamed everywhere. And people would tune in. And there's a little bit of like sharing the news cycle at E3, right? Where Sony does yeah. something, Microsoft does something, EA does something, everybody does something. So you're all like vying for people's attention. Sony may just think, you know what? We'll just do something of our own later and they'll still get all their attention. They'll still, whenever Sony will put on an event, if say they do one in August or September, right? they'll still get all the attention. All the press will, will be there. Everybody, you know, will be talking about it. So I don't think it's that big of an issue for, for Sony whatsoever. Uh, I don't either. Just like Microsoft had all the, all the attention for XO 18. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing though. It's not a big issue for, um, Sony, but people will be looking at Xbox to double deliver now. Well, that's the next part of the question was like, how can Xbox capitalize on this scenario of Sony gone? No news from them. They have everybody's attention now, right? Yeah, even though EA and Ubisoft have their own conferences, nobody really talks about them. It's always Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. Well, PlayStation's not going to be there. So all eyes are going to be on Xbox. And some have argued that this is Microsoft's best chance to showcase to people at the biggest event, why Xbox is going to be needed or formidable force going into the future without Sony there to, you know, screw it up for them uh, later that night, right? So is it in Microsoft's best interest to pull out all the stops for this? Showcase some games that they may not be ready to showcase to show like, hey, we just bought seven studios and... We're working on games, but we weren't ready to show them, but we're going to give you a sneak peek so you know that the future of Xbox is vibrant and you're not going to have Sony later on that night coming out with Last of Us Part 2 and just being like grabbing everybody's attentions. What do you think about that, Jez? I don't think Microsoft's going to react too hard to this news. I think they're just going to sort of do... I mean, they've been putting on good shows the last few years. Yeah. I think E3. they're just going to... I mean, you, you said they didn't react, but Phil Spencer was sure to tweet out that uh, they had a lot to show at E3, and so was the official Xbox accounts. Yeah, but like, I think that was a long... That was showing commitment to the ESA, in part. But yeah, I, I suppose... Um, you know, I, I just mean, like, I don't think you're going to see, like, celebrities on stage or, like, laser shows or whatever. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, what 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 is the biggest problem people have with xbox right now if you had to point to one singular thing games games, right so if you show people the games that you're making for next gen then if those people are true in you know their uh, reasons for not liking the brand then that's what people want to see that's what you got to show them i don't know i think i there's a there's a there's a worry though because what if those games aren't ready, and you don't want to get into another crackdown situation? You know, you don't want to blow your load too early. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's that scenario. You don't want to be in a Scalebound situation or a Fable Legends situation or a Crackdown situation where two of those games get delayed, and 
one of those games end up being like a five-year develop developmental adventure, right? And like, like for example, I think people we're gonna see Gears Five and you know stuff like that, and um, stuff we know is coming. I think like we could potentially see stuff from some of the studios that are working on. We'll probably see more of Wasteland Three, for example. We'll probably see, we might see Ninja Theory's stuff if they've if they've concepted it out already, and you know. But things like the initiative, I can't. I still think like it might be too early f- to see what the initiative's working on because that company doesn't like. It's so new. It doesn't even have like a company culture yet or anything like that. Well, I didn't say the initiative, Jazz. I mean, I don't think the initiative's games will be ready until 2022 at the earliest. Like, and that's a good case scenario, you know? Like 20, it, it probably more in 2023 or 2024. Yeah. But I do think there's an opportunity here for Microsoft. They'll have yeah. all the media attention to themselves and since Sony's not putting on the show, there'd be a lot of third parties that are looking to showcase their games on the biggest stage. And Microsoft might Ooh. have the pick of the More litter cyber. on that one, right? More cyberpunk. More cyberpunk? You think you think cyber Well, I didn't you say you thought cyberpunk was actually coming out sooner rather than later? Well, maybe. But like I remember how um I remember how CD Projekt Red reacted to um, to other RPGs that came out while they were making The Witcher Three, and now I'm wondering is after Red Dead, are they gonna add an extra year to the development cycle just to try and one up them? Because they want to be the best, man. They CD Projekt Red have like this this desire to be on Rockstar's level, and like Red Red Dead blew me away in terms of. Um, how much it went beyond i had high expectations for that game but it, it beat them i don't know if it beat them for you but it beat them for me red dead yeah red dead exceeded my expectations uh <laughs> although like i still have issues with the uh controls like it's like red dead does everything better than any other game you know open world visuals content story narrative characters like everything and the one thing that it stumbles over is the most basic thing of all. And that's, that's the controls. That's the <laughs> shooting. And it's just like, I can overlook that stuff because I didn't have that big of an issue with the aiming once I set it for myself. You know, I changed some settings around. But the inertia-based control system where, like, you tap left and then a couple seconds later you start moving, uh, I had more of an issue with the cover system. You know, when you get into a firefight and you want to take cover. Mm. But yeah. It's like, how can you do everything so good and the most basic stuff is it's not up to par? You know what I mean? Like, they're lucky that game... I like the control. But they're, I'm just saying, they're lucky that the game is as good as it is. That people are willing to overlook the most basic fundamentals of a game, the gameplay, and overlook that and be like, this game's still a masterpiece despite the issues that people have with the controls. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that was any other game, it'd be people would just crap all over it. It'd be silly. Yeah. So I don't know. The other, the other thing about, about this whole situation of Sony not being there is 
I, I do wonder if about Microsoft announcing a next gen system at E3 to get the jump on Sony, or do you think that would be too reactionary? Like if they know, and I think Microsoft knows exactly what Sony's doing with the PlayStation five. And I think Sony knows exactly what Microsoft is doing with the PlayStation five or vice versa. You know what I mean? They both know what each other's doing. If, if Microsoft knows that Sony's going to announce a PlayStation five, at the some point in this year, do you think they get the jump on them and announce an Xbox successor at E3? They could do it. They could do it. Like I thought the Scorpio announcement cycle was very successful. Like the sort of tease, the code name drop, you know, everyone had the little Scorpio badges in their names. It was good. It was good virality, you know, and it, I, I thought that was a good dynamic, organic, a good, it was it struck a conversation with with the fans and i think i think microsoft could stand to take risks like that a bit more they're, they're often very sort of like secretive about what they're working on and stuff like that um so yeah i think a tease a tease at the very least maybe they could even drop the project name again or maybe people would think that is reactionary or pandering to do but I mean, they already kind of announced it, like Mahler says in the chat. Phil already announced it, and that I mean, that is kind of true. They already announced it this past E3 that they are yeah, working they, on. They didn't give us a brand to hold. Oh, on right. To. They we, said we multiple consoles. Yeah, we 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 presume that it's called Project Scarlet. Um, I haven't actually found hard evidence of that. Like I've I've been told that it's called well, they are called Scarlet because. What I've been told is that there's going to be multiple Xbox consoles in the lineup for for what whatever Scarlet Ooh. is. Scarlet Scarlet is now. This is what I've heard. I've heard that Scarlet isn't a code name for a specific console, but it's a code name for an initiative and a project team working on multiple next gen devices. So it's kind of like a code name for the line of next gen Xbox yeah, consoles, rather like than if, a specific one. If we've got like Xbox One is the code name for the lineup we've got now, like the base one, that One S and One X. Scarlet is the code name for the family of devices that will push next gen. I've heard there's going to be multiple SKUs of Xbox and multiple power levels. You know, I, I don't know if this is true. I don't have evidence, but I've heard like, I've basically heard there's going to be an S2 and an X2. At different price tiers at different PowerPoints. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've heard. Um, and then you've got this whole um, discless console, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, confusing things too. Now that that isn't part of Scarlet family. That's part of the Xbox One family. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, I kind of want to like just expand on this idea of multiple SKUs. Do you think that's a good stretch? I mean. The Xbox One, PlayStation 4, they launched with just a singular SKU, $500, $400, right? Sure, later on, they added both a premium SKU, PlayStation 4 Pro, Xbox One X, PS4 Slim, Xbox One S. So you think, or at least what you've heard, okay. is that that'll be at the launch. There'll be a base SKU and there'll be a premium SKU. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. So if I'm just kind of thinking about it, the base SKU will be cheaper than the PlayStation five to run with the price point of it yeah. saying that, Hey, get an Xbox two at three ninety nine or three fifty, 
and then the premium skew will be more expensive and obviously probably more powerful than the PlayStation 5. I mean, you'd hope, you'd hope so, right? Well, that's the only reason you would run two SKUs like that. Exactly. I mean, again, this is what I've heard, and I don't know if it's true. I don't have evidence, which is why I haven't written it up. Like, when I, when I talk about rumors on the podcast, it's just like, you know, it's just conversational with you guys. Like, if I write it up on Windows Central, that's when you know I've got hard evidence and I'm confident that it's real. But I think, like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to ensure that they don't, they don't lose that power narrative. Even if they've got a more, more expensive console, they don't lose that power narrative. And, um, you know, for people who are willing to pay more, they can get it. And we, we know that people are willing to pay more to get the best because the iPhone X, XR and XS, and you've got, you know, Samsung Galaxy S and, you know, the Note 9 and all the different phone SKUs they're doing now because they're trying to hit every every price point. And, you know, every every other every other electronics manufacturer does this. You know, you've got like laptops hit multiple SKUs. You've got like, you've got like three different levels of Surface to choose from. You've got three or four different levels of Surface Book to choose from, all at different price points to match different needs. And because of the way the Xbox Xbox development is set up, it's easy for developers to, you know, target different power levels with one code base. And that's the way Microsoft's been been setting up their Xbox development for a while is where it can just be like, you know, ship ship a 4K version and then ship a ship a you know 900p 1080p version, you know, and it's it's supposedly supposed to be easy. Don't know if it is because I'm not a developer, but you know, that's that's the idea behind it. And um, it works for PC, it works for mobile phones. Why shouldn't it work for consoles? Is is the is the ultimate ask there? Well, I mean, phones are also essential to daily life for most part. At least now it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like consoles are still iPads on. True, but I mean, I I still think like phones. People need phones. Uh, Like in in this day and age, like just an example. But like, tell, tell me a single other like elect consumer electronic that doesn't have multiple SKUs. At different price points. Uh, I mean, I mean, refer- I mean, they all pretty much do. You know, for the consumer that wants everything, there's always the the highest one. There's mid ranges, low ranges. Yeah. yeah, I just and like I think it makes like because it seems like Microsoft is literally going to target everyone, any everybody next gen. Like, you want power? Boom! Here's the premium SKU. You want a good? You want next gen, but you don't want to pay like great prices or, you know, it's like high prices. Boom. Here's a system for you. You want to stream a really cheap option. Boom. We got streaming cover for you. You know what I mean? With the, with the, the streaming console, supposedly right now, that's, that's how you hit mass market. I mean, that's the only reason windows phone achieved any penetration was because they had a, they had a Lumia that was literally a hundred dollars. Like nobody bought the high end Lumias. They all bought the cheap ones. And that and that and like when you've got that market share, you hook people into the ecosystem. You can sell them Game Pass. You can sell them Xbox Live. Blah blah blah. I feel like Microsoft's really doubling down on, you know, targeting every niche they can, which is another reason why they've they're like they're, they're making these like double A games and you know they they aren't 
mate, they're doing the complete opposite of Sony. Whereas Sony is catering towards that very high-end sort of aspirational sort of game. Microsoft, it feels like Microsoft's catering to a sort of a sort of diaspora of niches, you know. No, I think Microsoft is just they have their AAA games and then they'll also have their mid-range games. Like well, that's what I mean. It's like like Wasteland Three isn't going to be a mass market hit. It's CRPGs are such a, a niche, you know. Right, but I mean Sony. I mean Sony funds some lower end games like like uh, Astrobot for PSVR, uh, Gravity Rush games, and not every like single one of their games that comes out is some you know Concrete Genie or Dreams. Not every one of their games that comes out is this like huge AAA. Yeah juggernaut it was just an example you know right they're they're gonna have the streaming for phones they're gonna have discless for people who don't want discs they're gonna have premium in theory let's talk about the discless xbox one which was put out there as a rumor by brad sams of thoreau Thoreau thoreau.com thoreau thoreau Throughout, whatever I always say it wrong i think somebody always you know tells me that in the videos like you say it wrong right so he says that there's a new Xbox One coming out next year and they're removing the disk drive as well as another revision of the Xbox One S that will keep the disk drive. So there's the options. This also includes some sort of proposed digital program where you could take your physical games to a participating retailer like the Microsoft Store and they'll give you uh, digital codes in exchange. Now, this has really kind of struck a nerve with some people, especially like the physical purists, the ones that are like, I'll only I'll only buy this game if it's if it's physical, right? Mm-hmm. And like they, they fear that like this is a test or just kind of like a step in the direction that Microsoft eventually will release a console without any disk drive, period, where you can't get any physical media which I'm sure maybe 15 years down the road, but like, I can't imagine. And, and Brad Sam said this in his like article, he said that Microsoft hasn't decided if they're going to include a disc drive in project Scarlet, which I find to be absolutely ludicrous because they they absolutely will because the market that still buys physical is still like, it's still 60, 40 in favor of physical. Yeah. Digital has really come up in recent years and, Someone's calling my house. As usual, whenever we do this podcast, somebody always calls and nobody answers the phone. But of course they're going to offer that because just imagine that like there's there's a large group of people who only buy physical. And if you take out the disk drive, you're telling those people, we don't need you, right? And then your competitor, PlayStation, would love to be able to go on stage and be like, we got a disk drive for you. It would be the exact... They get eaten alive. It would be the exact repeat of the used games thing that helped the PlayStation 4. Yeah. So, like, the fact that he says that they haven't thought about it yet, I think I think they haven't fully figured out the specs of all of, of stuff yet. If that's the case, then yeah, I agree with that. But there will be a disk drive in that system, and if there isn't, Microsoft is dumb. They are incredibly dumb, and they deserve to get their ass handed to them for next generation because Sony will eat their lunch again. That's my little rant. What do you think, Jez? 
I agree entirely. I I think like there's no way that that, that thing doesn't have a distro. No way. I will be shocked. And I don't I don't I think Sam's has got bad information there. But you know. I mean, I fully believe that all the specs haven't been decided on for the next gen consoles yet. Yeah, it's just, it's just the way way he's framed it. You know, yeah. of course it's going to have a disk drive. Maybe it's more like they don't know if it's going to have, you know, 4K Blu-ray player or something. No, I could see a scenario where one of the SKUs doesn't have a disk drive, but there's yeah. going to be one that does. Because uh, otherwise not to have it is a terrible, terrible idea. Unless, of course, Sony doesn't have one either, and they're in on it behind the scenes. But what then... Like going all digital. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if they both decide at the same time to take out the disk drive, forcing everybody to go digital, and it was some like underhanded agreement between Microsoft and Sony. But then again, I can't imagine any of the publishers being happy about that. You know, like they want to sell as many copies of games as they can. And I'd and imagine they also want to get rid of the use the use market. They 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 like the they like the idea Microsoft proposes where it's halfway, where it's like yeah, you can have digital, you can have a disc, but the disc has a license on it. And if you want to get it unlocked, you have to take it to a participating retailer. You know? Which that participating retailer will more than likely be Microsoft Store. I can't imagine. Well, originally it was going to be all of them. GameStop, Walmart, all that stuff. They had the databases set up and in place. They were all collaborating on it. You know? It was like... the The whole thinking behind that was to take money out of ebay basically and put it back into the hands of devs so they could make bigger games or buy more yachts or whatever, or more ferraris or whatever you know i mean there's that there's always that contention that they're just being greedy but like you have to wonder what does ebay do for the games industry really you know and that's why we have things like microtransactions is so they can make money on used games yeah. yeah well i mean uh i guess so i'm not but, saying i'm not saying one's right and the other's not right i'm just saying that's that's the thinking behind it is that used games are eating into the game industry's lunch and the whole idea behind that 2013 backlash was to get more money into the hands of devs you know yeah and now people rejected that and now we have microtransactions I mean, you could say maybe we'd have microtransactions anyway, and they'd double dip. Maybe they would. I think I think we'd have them anyways. Yeah, probably. You know, like they last How last gen last made. gen they they had the online pass. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you want to play online? Well, you need to give us ten dollars, or you need to buy this game new. That completely failed and blew up in their faces because now the thinking is you need people to like your game has to be online. So you can have people like, well, and you need it to be free so you can get people to play these games and then you can sell them stuff. Look at Fortnite. Look at the free to play model that that runs. Yeah. Like we hate, we hate that model, right? Who hates that? I'm sure Microsoft hate, and Sony hate. love that model. It yeah, makes gamers, them a lot of money. Gamers hate that model. Do they? I mean, they don't seem to have an issue with Fortnite's model. This is the most played game in the world. Yeah, but, but dude, I read on YouTube, man. People hate. I mean, play. true. People, well, people always do that, but the, the the thought was we need to prevent access from, we need to make sure people buy this game new and we'll prevent people from playing online 
by this pass where now it's like you want people to play online at all costs so you can get people addicted to it so you can get people into it so you can sell them microtransactions and stuff and i'm thinking of these games that are going to be influenced by Fortnite in the future and their business model and how that's going to affect not only indie games, but also AAA games. Cause you can imagine that you're going to, you have a bunch of publishers looking at Fortnite and drooling oh, yeah. about the money that Epic is making. And they're probably wondering, we need a game like that. How can we get in on that? Well, you've and, already, you've already seen it with Blizzard and you've got Diablo Immortal coming. Yeah. Diablo Immortal. I mean, is it possible that Call of Duty decides to go free to play at some point, uh, or spin off maybe a multiplayer portion of it to be free to play? And that was always the the thing for years was like, what are they going to do to, um, you know, turn Call of Duty into sort of this subscription based sort of model? Which almost is like, if you want people to play and spend more money. Is it better to charge for online for like Microsoft does or have it for free like Sony does for free to play games? Like, is are more people playing on Fortnite and spending more money in V-Bucks, which Sony gets a cut of, does that make up for the loss of revenue of people not subscribing to PlayStation Plus to play that game? You know what I mean? Kind of makes you wonder, and I would love to see the analytics of that. How much how many more people play Fortnite and spend more money on PlayStation? Versus like the same issue because to play Fortnite on Xbox you need gold, and I'm sure Microsoft is loving the extra subscriptions, you know, of people paying for gold to play Fortnite. But you do have to wonder if multiplayer was free, how bigger the games could essentially be, and how much more money they can uh, they could make. That's the thing though, like Fortnite might not be forever. Of course, that is true. It could die off at some point. That is very true. That, that's I definitely agree. very true. I, I think, like, purely on the basis of principle, free-to-play should mean free-to-play. Yeah. That's another discussion. So, Jez, I don't know if you saw Colberl's tweet about Microsoft considering a new studio acquisition, potentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to him, so I don't know the particulars. Do you have any? Yeah, so he said that Microsoft is considering... Looking to IO Interactive. Other makers of Hitman. Uh, and I've, heard, I've heard that rumor for a while, but I kind of feel like is that a good bet to make? Because A, do they do they still own the rights to their IP? What kind of what kind of deal did they do with Warner Brothers? So I was told, and from what I know, Square Enix still owns the Hitman IP. It's just that IO Interactive has the exclusive rights to use the IP. Hitman doesn't own it. But I can't imagine... IO skewered their margins by paying two license holders. See, there's a lot of misinformation that floats around. See, Ermi in chat, shout out to you, he says IO, IO, IO Interactive owns Hitman. That's not true. Look at any of the trailers. Look at all the stuff that plays before the game. It basically says... And even you can even look at IP ownership on the you know US like website. Uh, the Hitman IP is owned by Square Enix. Is it that IO Interactive has been given the exclusive license or exclusive rights to use that license? They don't own it. As far as I know, and as far as the people I've talked to that would know, that's what they've told me. 
Now, I don't think Microsoft would be interested in Ion Interactive for Hitman because clearly I think the mistake they made with Hitman 2016 was making it episodic. I think people are over episodic content, right? Like look at Telltale, look at Life is Strange, look at all these different episodic games that just people just don't care about anymore. I think people are over episodic content and that kind of ruined Hitman. Ruined it for me because I didn't I didn't care. You release Hitman 2, uh, a fully-fledged pa- package with all the stuff, and nobody really seems to care, even though it's a good game. So I don't think they're interested in Hitman. I think they just... It's like Matt Booty said. They're interested in studios of a certain size to be able to... That can release a game in a two- to three-year cadence for Xbox Game Pass and get more content. And IO Interactive is, in, is independent, and they're not that big of a studio. So do you look into it and decide, hey, what we can we can pick up? Because I think they're going to be in really bad financial problems after the sales of Hitman Two come in. Uh, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's I think that because like Hitman Two is really good. It but... is, but I don't think anybody cares. So like I think they're going to be in trouble, just like Obsidian was in trouble, just like In Exile was in trouble. Yeah, Ballstell didn't do like well. Right, so I'm saying like they're going to be like looking like what do we do here? And Microsoft is obviously looking for developers to make games. So do you do you pick them up? Be like make what you want, make a brand new IP, and we can just put it in you know Game Pass or something. I think that would be great. But I, I think, Microsoft... think Microsoft is like I think like people think I almost feel like people think Microsoft are buying studios for optics at this point. I think Microsoft just wouldn't buy them on a whim. They'd have to have a concept. They'd have to have games planned. They'd have to be. They'd have to have a solid example of what they're going to deliver for Microsoft. I don't think Microsoft's just going to buy them for the sake of it. You don't think so? Oh. I mean, clearly they're only going to so. buy them if the price is right, if it works well with their other studios and the type of content they want to make. Obviously, just because. Just because they're available doesn't mean you should get them, right? Um, so they would. I mean, that's what picking I said. Up, they're being picking up a, like picking up Obsidian and In Exile. That makes sense from a perspective of Microsoft's trying to build up their PC credibility. They've got um, they've got Age of Empires, which is a very beloved franchise and still very credible. Uh-huh. You know, Age of Empires tournaments do really well on um, Twitch and stuff like that. And uh, even now, and they've got like Age of Empires Divinity Edition, which was well received by the community. They've got a, a very small but passionate PC fan base there. And like growing it out with more PC focused games like Wasteland and, you know, the CRPGs that presumably Obsidian are going to make. Um, that makes sense. But for me, I don't really see what sense IO Interactive makes. They make very good games, but without the Hitman brand, feel like that the their value as a studio is a little bit diminished making like a stealth ip from scratch probably isn't something microsoft would want to do i don't know i'm not, I'm not saying it has to be stealth i'm just saying like look have, they, what, have they proven themselves out have they proven themselves outside of that genre uh i mean they did Kane and lynch uh before hitman absolution 
I don't know. Like, and and Clover says it does. It's not like something that's happening. It's just that Microsoft is considering looking into it, just like I'm sure they considered looking into buying EA and looking into buying Valve. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, that's a weird rumor. Yeah, it is. And How I need to find looking into. Look, if it came down to, hey, uh, IO is going to dissolve, then I would be like, Microsoft, I think there's a talented developer there. It definitely makes more sense getting them than Compulsion Games and I'm sorry to break your heart in exile. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, as much as I would like to see, I, I, I don't really see it happening, but it's something that, as a fan of Hitman and a fan of IO Interactive and just wanting Microsoft to just have more studios to be able to make more games at a consistent pace instead of like, oh, there's only one game this year or two games this year. There's like always something. You know, honestly, what I'd like to see is Microsoft buy developers and fold them into other developers, which I know isn't like what a lot of these developers probably see for the future of their company but you know i want to see i want to see state of decay on gears of wars level you know i don't want to see state of decay 3 being this double a game i love state of decay i love the ip i love what they're trying to do with it but i don't want to see it double a again i want to see that studio grow i want to see i want to see a state of decay with the open world quality of it man that's what i want to say do you think you'll get it though i don't know and an exile an exile is gonna grow by thirty percent apparently. Obsidian's gonna grow. Um Rare's grown. Like all these studios are trying to grow. Like Playground Games is hiring too. You know, there's no reason why. I don't know. You don't know. But I mean like in exile doesn't have a lot of people anyway, so uh, growing by thirty percent is like what? Twenty people? They are a pretty big studio, aren't they? I don't think they're that big. I don't even think they really had a hundred people. Uh, they've got about two hundred people. Really? They've got two studios. I could be wrong hmm. about. That. I don't know. Like I didn't think they were they were uh, that that well, big. They've got, studio. they've got the studio. The stu- They've got two studios. They've got the studio that makes Bard's Tale, which um just released a new expansion. And they've also got the studio. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Sorry, make your wasteland, which is uh, what I'm excited for. And also, do they own the rights to Torment? I don't know. I think Paradox. Uh, isn't it Paradox that owns the rights to Torment? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I want them to buy Paradox. You want them to buy Paradox? Of course you do, because you like if, some. If they, if they want to, if they want to make, if they want to make friends with PC gamers, buy Paradox. And let them do whatever they want. That's that's all they need. Yeah, Peter Young says in exile is seventy people with fifteen on contract. Okay. So they're not that big. So thirty percent. So what is that? Uh, I thought that was seventy times two. Twenty extra, twenty more people, I guess. Look, look, I love the fact that Microsoft small, bought new man. studios. But I'm, I, I've, I'll say it until they prove me wrong. Compulsion Games and in exile, I don't get. In exile seems to me in exile to me is like, Hey, we couldn't get obsidian. So we'll get an exile. And then they got obsidian, which makes in exile kind of redundant. I don't get it though. Cause 
I think Wasteland's better than Pillars of Eternity. I, I, that's just kind of how I saw it. It's just weird that they just bought. I mean, yes, you're right. I think they're going for like they want to appeal to the PC crowd, and those developers are PC orientated. But I just until I I, I haven't played you played Wasteland two. No, I haven't played any it's, game from Exile. It's a really it's you you're underrating them. It's a really rich game. Seriously, like I I rec I like it's janky, but there's a lot of RPG talent there, you know. And well, I felt it was more immersive than Pillars of Exile. But well, maybe because I prefer the same. Further game, what they do with Microsoft, I'll be interested in. But I'm telling you, until I, I just compulsion games and NXI, I just don't get. All the other ones make complete sense to me, and you know and I can't wait to see what they do. But those two, I just don't, I just don't get, man. And I, I won't change my mind until I play whatever their next title is. You know, even even though I didn't really care for State of Decay that much, I gave it like a seven. Uh, I still think there's potential there. I see why people like it, and if given the proper funding to make State of Decay 3 a huge thing. I, I, that's why I'm fine with the Undead Labs buyout because I can see potential for like a, co- a shared co-op zombie world with all that stuff in it. Sounds great. Some of those other studios, like the two I mentioned, I just don't get... It's, it's almost like they well, bought you, them you because they to, were... You need to experience Wasteland before you get it. Well, I, I, compulsion, it's, I get not getting Compulsion because you're familiar with that stuff. but Yes, yes. And I, I don't know. We'll have to see what they do. Maybe we think Microsoft was sold. Well, you already on know what they're doing because there's a there's a trailer for Wasteland Three. I know, but I'm just saying, as far as compulsion goes, oh, is it yeah, like I one of those? Know. Yeah, I mean, like, is it? Did Microsoft really like what they were working on? And we're just like, hey, we're open. We're not that big of a studio. I, it just, I don't know. There's it seems so, like there is something there with compulsion. You know, the Bios- the Bioshock style artwork and the creepy atmospherics and stuff like that it's just they need someone to tie the studio together um, yeah and invader gaming says in exile compulsion and obsidian are kickstarter darlings they have their fans and have great ideas the studios just need more staff and money behind them that's true i agree uh, with that i think like don't don't write them off man uh, well i i've written i've written off in exile until i see what they can do for x for 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 you know i'm not interested in wasteland or uh bard's tale Whatever they do after that is what I'm interested in. Well, if that means you're not interested in RPGs. I am. I just, you know, I Wasteland 3. I, I want to play the previous two Wastelands then. I'm missing out on the story. Well, you're not, because it's going to be a contained <laughs> story. Okay. It's Wasteland 3 is going to be set in a completely different area. Like Fallout 3 is different to Fallout 2. Right. So, At least I think it is. I feel like I feel like now's the time we can take some questions so we can get out of here so Jez can go to sleep or play more Fallout 76 and say to himself, why do people hate this game? I love it so much. I just killed the Grafton monster. It's huge sort of slimy beast. So yeah, so uh, we'll answer some questions. Hit us up with some uh, some questions in chat. If you enjoyed the podcast make sure you give it a thumbs up wherever you are here on youtube or itunes we'd greatly appreciate it uh and face wants to know who do you think will reveal their next gen system first and which company is in better position to do so hmm well i think playstation's in a better position to do so like they're the market leader 
Um, I mean, I guess you could already argue Microsoft. I mean, if we're talking full reveal, like here are the specs, here are the launch titles. I think Sony will go first just because I don't think Microsoft will do that at E3. And if Sony's skipping E3, I do feel like they're going to have a show before the end of the year, whether it's PSX or something else, where they unveil the PlayStation 5. You could have a scenario, thinking about it, you could have a scenario play out where Microsoft reveals the Xbox Scarlet at XO19, and Sony reveals the PlayStation 5 at PSX19. That'd be interesting. Like, both fan events? I mean, what better way to show... I mean... I guess you say, what better way to showcase a new console than with your fans at an event? And maybe that's exactly what would happen. But I don't know. I, I would, I would, I would guess Sony would would show and reveal their stuff first. What do you think, Jez? I think maybe Sony's been working on it for longer, or so. It's hard to say. Ideally, I'd like them to announce it at the same time, especially f- for Microsoft's sake, because um, I think like coming out. I don't. I don't think Microsoft can afford to be come out the the following year, unless unless Sony really screws up the PS5 somehow. I don't think Microsoft can afford to be a year a year out with the Xbox. Yeah. Um, Show and W wants to know: Do you think Microsoft merges two of the new studio pickups? Yeah, there's been there's been that talk that they would merge Obsidian or an Exile. At least people thought they would or were going they, to. They but said outright that they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they think, they wouldn't do that. Part part of the um part of the whole deal with picking these studios up is that they get to preserve their company culture, right? Now Obsidian, Obsidian and Exile they share a common history, um, along with Bioware. They they're sort of from that interplay games era and stuff like that. Chris Avalon and Brian Fargo and, and all those sorts of people. They're sort of they're all part of the same sort of development community, but. Now they're sort of very different kinds of studios and sort of they've got their own culture and their own games they want to work on and projects like that. They said outright that they wouldn't be looking to merge them because that's probably what people immediately thought. Because it, it makes sense, like it's like the interplay games reunion. Right. But um they ain't gonna do that. I suppose like unless the studios want, which they apparently don't. So but there will come a point like came for Lionhead, where it'll be like, you've got to start making us money now. You know, that they ain't gonna like they've bought these studios, but they're not gonna well, I suppose I don't know I don't know for sure what the plan is now because things things have changed since Terry Myerson was in charge of Xbox as a as a division or whatever. But there will come a point where these studios have to start making money. And if like Maybe two games down the line, Obsidian's just had two complete flops. They'll 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 come a point where Microsoft has to make a decision, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I that that's what people fear is that right now it's all good, but what happens when Obsidian's next game is being worked on and it gets delayed twice and it comes out and doesn't do well? But the, then the scenario is those games could underperform because if they're made for Game Pass. It's about the subscription, not the individual games. Just kind of how like Netflix is with their service. Yeah, the, release... the game's changed a bit, hasn't it? 
Yeah, they could release a, a show on Netflix and not a lot of people watch it, but it's about the value added to the subscription, not the individual games. It's a c- completely different kind of way of uh, of doing stuff. But yeah, um, I, maybe that'll happen down the road and Obsidian you know, and some of these studios get bounced, but I don't know. I, I don't think so. But um, yeah. Ermi wants to know if Microsoft and Nintendo will make a deal for Rare games on the N64 Classic. And if they did, what would Xbox get in return? I don't think they'd make a deal. Well, <laughs> we both said the opposite thing there. I was, yeah. was, was going to say that I could see them making that deal. I don't see them making that deal because Nintendo wouldn't let wouldn't let Microsoft have GoldenEye, right? Because there was the, they had a, there was a GoldenEye XBLA game where Microsoft and Nintendo would both get GoldenEye, and Nintendo blocked it at the last second. And I, even though they're doing a bunch of crossplay stuff now, I don't, I really don't think Microsoft is really interested in, in helping sell Nintendo products because I don't really see what's the benefit for Microsoft. If you let them have those rare games to sell the N64 classic, like, I don't see how that benefits Microsoft in any way. Well, that, that'd be royalties, I guess, but there's also goodwill to gain. Yes. I mean, for what? like some for a future deal yeah you know a future streaming service mm. switch kind of deal. i mean maybe a lot of a beloved 64 titles are rare games you got the banjo kazooie games uh perfect dark uh trying to think of some others but yeah i mean it, the then 64 classic without some of those games you know goldeneye i don't think they can do goldeneye either it's like what is an N64 classic? Is it just going to be like Lila Zelda and stuff? Yeah. So oh, it's I don't not know. even called Lila Wars in America. What do you call it? Star Fox. Star Fox. There you go. Star Fox. Yeah, we call it. I don't know why, but in England it's called Lila Wars. So Girthquake wants to know thoughts on Microsoft's expanding into Asia more. So that was yeah, something. So that that was something that was. Uh, I did a video about on Wednesday where Microsoft is, according to some job listings, opening up a Xbox Asia division to so, help like, build relationships and close deals, which I think is, is greatly needed. Uh, because I guess the only people who can close deals right now over there are Chris Charla and Phil Spencer. And you know they don't go over there that often. And you know I, I think there's a lot of games that miss the Xbox platform uh, for whatever reason, you know, one being like maybe those games don't sell well, but you you gotta, I don't know you gotta make the effort there. In my opinion, I think it's worth it. So creating a division there whose goal is to try to build relationships and get partnerships and all that stuff, I think it's it's a it's a really good idea that should, quite frankly, probably shouldn't have been done way earlier. What do you think? Yeah, I agree that it should have been done way earlier because at this point it's looking like too little too late <laughs> i mean the the chinese market is huge you know japan obviously is huge you've got emerging emerging markets like india which are huge and um they can't be ignored if you want to compete on a global level they cannot be ignored you know we've been to we talk about tencent and ed you know dominance and stuff like that and uh microsoft's pretty much conceded that whole market over the years um breaking it 
seems like an impossible task though now. But yeah. I ain't a business I ain't a business guy, but better than nothing, I guess. And if it leads to more sort of high profile JRPGs and other sorts of titles here in Xbox then it can only be a lot so, of a lot of um a lot of Asian games arbitrarily miss Xbox because they just think there's no market. Yeah, they don't think true. They don't think there's a there's a uh you know an audience for it. But um Mr. Goodcat wants to know, Jez, tip of the iceberg. What do you mean? That's exactly what I mean. Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> so I guess what you're saying is don't read too much into Jez's tweets. <laughs> well, I've nah, I've been hearing things, man. I just like you know, Razor's got this whole CES CES event coming up where they're gonna talk about they're gonna talk about um keyboards and mice for xbox well what do you need keyboards and mouse for you need keyboards and mouse for games that have keyboard and mouse support now if you like look at um if you look at project x cloud a lot of those games just would suck with a uh with touch touch controls so you have to imagine what would it look like if you had a mobile device that could play Project X Cloud games. And I kind of feel like I'm so I'm, again I'm I'm being coy because I don't have hard evidence yet. But Microsoft, it feels like Microsoft's. I've been hearing things, man. You know, Microsoft's looking in that direction to make a device that makes sense for Project X Cloud. Mm, makes but sense but don't read into it too much because again i got no evidence but i just been hearing cool things man well why won't you why don't you tell me these things i never you never tell me these things jez i want to know sure cool I did stuff. Tell you this one. Oh yeah you might have i might have anyways I, I think it's cool because i like i like the whole mobile stuff and i like the idea of streaming games to my phone but like i hate the idea of using touch some of the uh, things you tell me, I just have. You're like, oh, it's this, this, and this. I'm like, I don't care. Well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like this, you don't, this, you don't it, care about game streaming, do you? Why would I care about game streaming when I have a console? Exactly, but like, I, I have to go away from my console sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm not saying I wouldn't try it out at some point. I'm just saying, like, I as like a primary way of playing it. I, no, oh, it's but, never going to be a primary. Way. No, and then we need to see how Microsoft's whole plan is around that, and what exactly you know their their whole situation. Like, we have to wait and see how that all plays out. So I don't know. Um, Ernie wants to know. This will be, I think, the last question before we get out of here. He says thoughts of a built-in camera for the PlayStation Five. Spy concerns like Connect. Yeah, there was. Look, there was a whole Billing PlayStation. Camera? Is that a rumor? Yeah. So the guy who... Okay, so here's the thing. I'll run this through. I did a video about this. Uh, it's a couple days ago if you guys want to get my full thoughts on it. But PlayStation 5 rumors c- came from the guy who the day before Sony dropped out of E3 said they were dropping out of E3. Nobody believed them. And then, of course, 24 hours later, the guy looks like an insider. Like, he must know something, right? Because uh, clearly he was saying... Sony was not going to be at E3 when everybody thought they were. 
So people were like, after it was proven fact, people went back to him and he's like, I have more leaks. And he was talking about the PlayStation 5 is going to be 500 bucks. It's a 4K 60 beast with like an eight core GPU Ryzen or some shit. I don't really know about the specs. Um, that it's releasing either in March of 2020 or November of 2020, which shocker. Wow. What a guess, right? I mean, I could guess that. Uh, it's going to be revealed and they have two events in 2019, one during half the halfway point, And then one at PSX 19 where the PlayStation five will be fully revealed. Uh, there's a PSVR two uh, being made as well, which gets rid of the breaker box, but like also the, Ca- like the camera is going to be built into the, the the controller. I think it was, so there'd be a camera in your controller. That is weird. Um, a, and he also says camera on the headset. I don't know. Like if I'm remembering correctly, somebody in chat will probably correct me if I'm wrong. But then he also said Anthem's a complete mess. Doesn't really work on the base consoles, and that it's going to get delayed. Uh, which I talked to some people that are in the know about that, about Anthem, and they told me that whole thing is complete bull, that the game's completely fine and it's launching in February. But yeah, so this guy came out and said all that stuff, and you know, a lot of people believe him because he was right about Sony not leaving E3. I so, think um, if Anthem was going to get delayed, they would have announced it by now. Because they're, do- they're doing weekly streams for Anthem. Yeah. Now. No, I mean, the devs have already come out and said it's not going to be delayed. And that's what I'm saying. I talk to people that I know that are close to them, and they tell me it's not going to be delayed. So it's like, do you believe Do you believe this guy who was right about Sony not being at E3, but then is now also going to be wrong about Anthem getting delayed? Now, of course, if Anthem ends up getting delayed and the devs are just blowing smoke up everyone's asses, then everyone's going to come back and look at this dude like he was the prophet, right? Prophet. Um, so I don't know, like, I know PlayStation, I think they're going to continue with the PSVR too. Um, and yeah, so like Sammy Prescott Jr. says the camera's in the console and there's like a screen in the controller or something. So I'm not really sure, but yeah, I do recall people being upset with push costs. Well, I mean, he says the console's 500 bucks. So, oh my God, can you imagine if Sony releases this sort of connect like bundle forced bundle and i then mean microsoft just does the normal thing that's the thing is like I, the connect got concerns uh, that it was spying on you right however people are over that by now however i think people are completely over that by now because they have amazon they have the the, the alexa they have all the other devices that I literally listening in i have two different digital speakers in my bedroom I got, I got a but do they, do they, but, but do those come with cameras as well? I, no, I think people but are... I, but I've got a Windows Hello camera built into my laptop. So every time every time I don't sign into my laptop with a passport, it, it scans my face and logs me in. So God knows what my laptop's seeing. There's probably all sorts of dodgy pictures of me on Microsoft servers. Yeah, so, I mean... Put that image in your head. Those are the rumors regarding PlayStation 5. I have a video up if you guys want to check it out that goes a little more in-depth detail. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, a camera in the controller and the console, like everything built in, it's like, mm, I don't know. But anyways, uh, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning into the podcast. We had like 350 people. Uh, if you enjoyed it or disliked the podcast, leave it a like or a dislike. 
subscribe to my channel if you you know are new here if you like you know the content i provide i would appreciate it the notification bell you can hit that as well to always be notified uh when i drop new videos as they are always coming and make sure you follow jez his links in the twitter you know his link is in the description of the video to his twitter in the twitter yeah i know i always say say it wrong um and I'm sure you have some uh, some articles you're prepping pretty soon, right? On Windows Central. Always working on stuff. Didn't you release one about it, it, the Xbox One? Is it worth getting now, like a year later? I think I, I think I, you released one like that, right? I know it was Xbox One X versus Xbox One S. The one. Ah, there you go. That was an update of an old article. That article is getting insane traffic because of Black Friday. Right. Well, a lot of people are buying them. Right. So yeah. Um. Check out Jez's articles on Windows Central. Check out some of the other videos on my channel. Uh, you know, subscribe. Click the notification bell. I have a bunch of stuff planned for next week as well as this weekend. There's always stuff cooking. Uh, so thank you guys for watching live here on YouTube. And thanks everybody who's watching it later on, uh, you know, iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. We appreciate it. Hope everybody has a good rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday, hopefully next week for another episode of the Xbox 2 Podcast. Later, guys.